Hello and peace. Thank you for joining me on Muslim Mom Talk, a place to discuss topics of being a Muslim mom and finding clarity through the chaos. Eight steps to reconnect with your husband. Hey mom, as your life gets busier and busier with each additional child, or even that one that you really take care of, do you find yourself moving further away from your husband? Do you want that bond you once had when you were just married and it was so lovey-dovey and wonderful? Do you want to find joy and happiness that comes with having a good, closely connected relationship with your other half? Well, we all know that relationship takes effort, but it doesn't have to feel like work. So let me give you some tips on what has helped me reconnect with my husband. They're really simple and make a huge difference in your life. Number one, I know this is a crazy concept, but go out with your husband. It really works. Either once a month or once a week, whatever works for you on your schedule. But you need to go and spend time alone with him outside also. I know what you're thinking. There is no way I can leave the kids. Well, if you really want a healthier relationship with the one you will be with alone in the future, when the kids leave the house, then you have to make an effort to make that time to reconnect now consistently and as often as you can. Pick a week of the month or a day of the week and stick to it. Jot it down on a piece of paper and stick it on your fridge. Or better yet, set a reminder on your phone. For us, it's the first week of the month and it's super simple to remember. A babysitter can be your mom, his mom, or someone you know and trust. Allow that mom friend to help you out at this time. You both will need it. After the kids are put to bed, set off for a long walk, a date night, or a simple hour at the coffee shop. Don't make this day too complicated with dinner and dining and God knows what else. Trust me, you won't stick to it. So simple is best. The key is to spend time together outside of the house. It's not important what you do. What's important is the valuable time you spend with one another, alone. Make sure you take care of yourself. You want to look nice, not just for him, but first and foremost for yourself because it will make you feel really good and that's what you need right now. Number two. Try to look nice when you see your man after work or when he comes home. Let's face it, everyone feels better when they look better. Touching up your makeup, spraying some perfume, taking a quick shower, or just putting on your great, beautiful smile will warm up the room when you say Assalamu Alaikum and Hello. Always makes everyone happy around you. It's that simple and it will make him love you all over again. I know how busy you've been all day and you're probably thinking, when am I supposed to do this? Here are little tips that helped me. 1. Set up your phone alarm 20 minutes before he arrives or before you meet him. And when he hears the bu- when you hear the buzzer, find a mirror and do your magic. You should always want to wear something cute and colorful to brighten up your own day. Trust me, color is the icing to your great mood. He will take notice and appreciate the little extra you do for him, especially when your regular outdoor outfit follows a very modest hijab look. 
He wants to see your lovely curls, your flowing hair, and your radiant smile. So go for it, girl. Looking happy always equals feeling happy. Remind yourself that it's a sunnah, a practice of Islam, to smile. And knowing that you are, make, are receiving so many hasanats in pleasing not only your husband, but yourself. The compliments and the attentions you get from him will be worth it. Number three, have a husband night. What does your husband like to do? Watch a movie, follow his favorite sports team, or listen to an informative lecture? You know just what it is, so whenever you feel like treating him, do the following. Send the kids off to bed early if you can. Get out all his favorite and your favorite snacks and drinks and set it on a tray. Set up a comfy, cozy place for the both of you to relax. Lots of pillows really help here. Please do not discuss stressful, problematic topics on this at this time. Enjoy this cozy atmosphere and let him as well. Knowing that you've made this all happen, so just smile and relax. Most guys think we are way too uptight and they love having what they call quality time, watching their favorite game or movie. I know sometimes it could be boring for you, but maybe we can sacrifice once in a while. He'll love you more for showing interest in what he loves. And you never know, soon he might agree to go to your favorite play. Number four, let him know verbally what it is that you want. We all assume our husbands know exactly what is on our mind, but really they're clueless sometimes. We're actually from the two different species, I think. Our brains are not the same and they don't function the same. When you think of a man, they their brain is more like many boxes that are not connected to one another and every time they want to think of something to fix, they'll go to one box and focus on that, take care of it, and then jump to another one. But in our case, as mom brains, our brains have many boxes just the same, but they're, they're all connected to one another. So when we start thinking about one problem, we continue to the next and the next and the next, and then we wonder we, why we can't stop thinking. So knowing this little secret, realize that he can't read your mind, no matter how many hints you've put out there. Men are very simple creatures, not complicated like us. So remember the following. Be specific and clear on what it is you really want from him and from life. Never make demands, even if you know you deserve it. Just like you, he doesn't like to be told what to do. Instead, try expressing it in a wish. For example, oh, I would love to go on vacation to Bermuda in the summer. Your man wants to be your hero and sweep you off your feet, so let him do that. After you state your wish, leave it alone and let him decide when and how. Being surprised is half the fun. Number five, remember to show your appreciation because you are a gracious person. You remember what your mom taught you when you were a little girl? Your thank you and your please? Verbally and emotionally thank him every day for the little things, the big things, and the special things. I know you've both worked for them, but gratitude is always a positive and beautiful thing to implement. 
Plus, it's catchy, and soon you'll see your kids thanking you with a big hug and a kiss, and that always feels good. So go ahead, say thank you and jazakalo and gracias. Number six, say yes to intimacy more often. I don't think we realize how biologically different men are from us. Our needs for romance is similar to their need for physical contact. Their need for physical contact is crucial for them to re-energize and de-stress and connect with you. If you really think about it, it doesn't take much to make him happy. How about we become a little bit more consistent and generous about it? Number seven, give him the respect more than the love. Your husband wants your respect more than your love. Of course, Respect but works both ways. Let's continue with this wonderful sunnah, especially when our kids are watching us. As your kids get older, you'll realize that peace in the home is gained much faster when you allow your husband to sometimes, more than often, have the final say in some things. I do it, not because I can't make up on my mind, but because I feel I already have too much on my plate. And you know, girl, you know that Things only happen because God wants them to, not because your husband decided to do it. Number eight, trusting him in his abilities. When he offers to give you a few hours off and watch the kids, please don't tell him how to do it. He isn't a babysitter. He's their father. When you ask him to repair the leaky sink, for example, speak to him as if you believe he's capable of getting the job done even if you think he hasn't a clue. You've given him a task. Don't fret over the details and instead let him live up to your expectations. If you believe in him, he'll believe in himself and he will get the job done. Remember, you are not his mother. You are his wife. Treat him like a man and he will act like a man. Life is so beautiful when there is harmony at the home. Believe it or not, there is a lot you can do to make this happen. Why not start with these simple tips today? So you can reconnect with your husband and, ha and let him show you how much he really does love you. On our first episode, our topic will be how to perform real self-care. The other night I was sitting with my friends, um, supporting mom group, of course, um, amazing people, amazing moms. And we had, we always do this once a week and we're there for each other just so we can say, don't worry about it. You're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. It's great to have that kind of group. And I hope all you moms do have that. So we, we asked each other and went around the circle and, and said, what do you do to take care of yourself? Self-care. What exactly is self-care? Many, many times people believe that self-care is about going and getting a haircut or giving yourself a break or going shopping and because it makes you feel good. On the surface, these solutions seem well-intended, but they will not fulfill the true need of self-care because I believe that self-care should be a complete, holistic form of healing. When we get... Um, a cut or a scrape on our finger, we not only place a band-aid to protect the cut, but we also rub some ointment which will protect the, it from germs. And then we avoid using that finger and we allow it to rest so that it can fully heal. When we have been injured personally, we need to perform self-care 
we need to recognize that there are two parts. We, of course, acknowledge the physical parts because we see it. You know, if someone's hurt, you can see from the outside they're in pain. But sometimes we bypass the emotional and psychological part because it's underneath and we don't see it. Changing our hairstyle, giving our body a rest and shopping only take care of the physical surface. This only acts like a band-aid to our pain, but we need to do more. We need to take care of the emotional injury as well. Our mind and body, they're a part of one system. We need to take care of both of them in order to see healing. So now that we know and understand that there are two parts to complete healing, which one is more important, the physical or the psychological health? They are both important. Um, We have been trained from a young age to see and care for the physical injuries, but we forget to take care of the injuries beneath the surface. Just like... If you were supposed to plant a tree or a plant, a flower into the ground, you, of course, you pick the plant that is healthy on the outside with nice, you know, bright leaves and dark stems and strong, but, and you, you focus on putting it in an area where there is sunlight, which all of that is wonderful, but don't ever forget about the root, the health of the root and what does the root need in order to survive Does it need a soil with um, more sand consistency or dirt consistency? What does it need? Um, When you plant that flower, you have to make sure that you allow the roots to be in a comfortable position and not suffocate it. And then you have to focus on how much water you you need to put into that um, plant on a daily basis. And so the surface, the root, is actually more important Because if the roots aren't healthy, then the flower will eventually die. I'd like to ask you moms out there, what do you do when you are sad? How do you take care of yourself? Have you been taught how to deal with rejection? What if you're that type of mom or um, um, woman who has low self-esteem? Is there anything you can do to pull yourself out? And what about when you're in a depressive mode? What kind of things do you do to pull yourself out? Have you been taught at a young age or even as a mom how to take care of psychological injuries? We have not. Most of us don't even acknowledge that there is a problem and there's a need to fix it. We don't even know where to begin. So why do we struggle to perform emotional self-care? There are many reasons, one of which we just mentioned. If you don't acknowledge there's an emotional problem, you, you won't um, fix it. You won't try to heal it. Another reason is that as women, when we have been rejected or we have been put down or have, we have been emotionally abused, we feel like we are a failure and we believe we are alone in this struggle. When we feel alone, we usually feel socially disconnected from all the people around us, even though they really do love us and support us. This feeling of loneliness makes us feel hopeless and depressed, and you become afraid of reaching out to others because you're afraid of getting rejected again. 
more rejection only means more heartache and pain and you want to avoid that. This feeling of this horrible feeling of hopelessness and failure and loneliness and causes a person to become sick. Scientifically, it's been proven that it has, it can cause, um, it can suppress the immune system and it can cause, because your immune system is suppressed, you are weaker and more vulnerable towards health issues, which such as, you know, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. There are also many un healthy psychological habits that we can form from emotional injuries, from being rejected, from being put down, from being abused emotionally. And this is usually caused by rumination. To ruminate is to replay an upsetting event over and over and over in your head, trying to understand and fix it. It's when your husband makes you feel kind of stupid or when your kid's yell at you no matter how much you've tried to please them. Or it can also be when your boss just rejects your efforts. You focus solely on the negative thoughts and you put yourself on a road to literally uh, clinical depression. Eating disorders and bad habits are picked up due to rumination. The urge to ruminate is so strong that it's difficult to kick this horrible habit. We all do it. I've done it in the past many times, and I know it's a very hard struggle to avoid. It, it's, it's really difficult. Sometimes us moms, a single failure can convince us that we cannot succeed and that we believe in that and that we just stop trying. So... How can we begin to perform emotional self-care? When practicing emotional self-care, there are actually two things to address. One is that you need to, um, you want to feel good about yourself. And because if you feel good about yourself, you'll keep on going and continuing the struggle. And hopefully uh, you'll see a huge difference and you'll heal. And the other is that you want your mind to be busy learning and focusing on something productive, something positive, because you don't want to be sidetracked. You don't want to think and give up hope. You don't want to start ruminating and, and worrying and, and, and whatever. So you need to keep your, uh, your, your body happy and your mind happy. So I'd like to make two lists. One would be the feel-good habits to implement and the other is keeping your mind happy and busy. Both your body and your mind want to grow during this healing process. We're going to start out with the first list. So if you have a pen and paper, this would be a great time to jot these down. The feel-good habits to implement. One would be change your attitude towards failure. You know, kick that unhealthy psychological habit of rumination and keep it away. We need to remember that we do do have the power to change. We do, we can make dua. We should put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to think positively towards the future, forgiving and going on with our life. Sometimes we need to force ourselves to stop the negative thoughts and say, A'udhu billah, I seek protection in Allah. And put our hope and trust in Him and believe that after every single difficulty, there is always ease. 
Another thing we could do for the feel-good habit to implement is going on a walk. Now, a lot of moms, when they want to make a change in their life, they try to implement a very strenuous workout. But I honestly believe there's so much wisdom and benefit in the simple daily walk. I have recently um, made it a habit to walk for about an hour in nature, in um, in the park, in, in the woods, um, you know, wherever it's safe, of course, with a friend, right after Fajr prayer, right after morning prayer. There are so many healing parts to this habit. It has been proving that when you walk for more than an hour in nature and you witness the green therapeutic trees, um, the color that makes you feel good, and uh, you hear the um, soothing waves, you know, and you see the soothing waves of the water and you hear the chirping of the birds and um, you feel the beautiful breeze on your skin. Anything and everything in nature has been placed there for our bodies and minds to give it ease and comfort. So while walking, we could make thicker and remember our Lord and um, recite du'as and pray and recite um, some beautiful surahs that we love. The third would be verbally making intentions. Now, continuing from the remembrance of our Lord and reciting surahs and making positive du'as, you are allowing yourself to see the positive light that can come from this positive attitude. And looking into the bright future for every single thing you want, you can make a verbal intention before you even do it. Because when you vocalize something positive, um, your body is going to go through a change. Um, our bodies will start manifesting this positive attitude and it becomes real. Our blessed Prophet wasallam has emphasized wholeheartedly on intentions. And so verbally making an intention is another great small habit to include. The fourth would be to write in your journal. Now, I know many of us already practice writing five things that we are grateful for on our daily or weekly journal. And I think that's an amazing and really beneficial practice to include in your in your life. But I would like to suggest that you also include five kind things you have done for others. This is very crucial because as moms, we happen to be really hard on ourselves and we need to be um, we need to believe in ourselves and we need to be the one that help increase our confidence by showing ourselves that we have been improving. Writing this down will make us see that we are trying and we are making a difference even though the improvement might be slow. Slow and steady is a lot better than bringing something on into your life wholeheartedly, entirely, and then giving it up, you know, the two extremes. We need this habit to boost our confidence and we need to be our biggest cheerleader to help us keep going. The last on this list would be to love yourself. When your self-esteem is low, you are more vulnerable to anxiety and stress and failures and rejections hurt more and it takes longer to recover from them. So when you get rejected or you're in, an, you're in emotional pain, treat yourself with the same compassion you would give to a friend who came and running to you and told you that they were anxious and sad and worried and felt rejected. What would you do? You know, you would be that amazing friend 
that would do anything to lift up her spirits and make her feel good. So you need to love yourself and do the same thing for yourself. You need to be gentle. You need to be patient. You need to be loving just as a true friend would. Do not be that person, that that worst enemy to knock yourself down before you can get up. So love yourself. And we're going to go on to the next list of things, of habits to implement. And this list is called keeping your mind busy and happy. There's only three things in the list. The first of which is reading something that makes you think. We all have stacks and stacks of lists of books, of self-help books that we want to read. And so, and sometimes we have in audiobooks that we could listen to when we don't have the time to read. So I'd like you to pick something and ponder on each page. Um, try to implement, um, try to complement, uh, contemplate and implement one habit, one change, one advice from the book and put it in your daily task and try to allow that to become a habit. And that's it. Do not Take on way too much than you can. You just need one change. Be kind to yourself. Be gentle. Be patient. And take it slowly. Number two would be do something that has been on your to-do list. Um, In order to kick a bad habit or stop ruminating, we must replace it with something to keep our minds busy and productive. The Blessed Prophet has recommended that for every negative habit that we want to kick, we need to reward ourselves with two or more positive things to make sure that we can kick that bad habit. I remember when I wanted to take away a unhealthy an unhealthy food from my child's diet and I realized that I needed to give him two good fun healthy treats at first I thought oh my god I can't do this because I'll be spoiling him with treats but then I tried to remember that for every advice that the Prophet gave, there's wisdom behind it. And instead of focusing so much on treats, I started implementing and writing down all the fun family traditions and activities we can do together. And this made life a lot easier um, because the the bad um, or the unhealthy food was extra on top of our meals. We just changed it with a fun thing to do together as a family. And besides doing things off, you know, scratching off things on your to-do list, because that to-do list is always things I need to get done because I'm a mom, I'd like you to make a to-do list that says things I love to do, things that make me happy. Here, I'd like you to only focus on scratching off one thing on your daily things I love to do that makes me happy. Why? Because you're special, you're important, and you need to be happy and taken care of. The last thing I would suggest on this list is to meditate while scanning your body with your mind. So I agree we we deserve a nap. Why not make that a productive and healing nap? Um, I'd like you to lie down, close your eyes, and be in a very comfortable situation. Take a moment to focus on every part of your body. You can start with your head and go down slowly to your eyes, then your shoulders, then your heart and your stomach, and just continue down your body. Focus on parts which feel tired and stressed and strained. If you do this exercise properly and consistently, I promise you, you will feel it relax and heal your body slowly. 
It will let you, it will let you fall asleep, and this nap will be more restful than and even if it's just for a few moments or minutes, than it would be otherwise. Because your focus is on certain areas and your mind is not going to be circling around issues and problems and worrisome thoughts. So I hope all these um, simple tips will help you on your road to real, true self-care because it has helped me uh, immensely. And I hope that it helps you heal the parts which many of us ignore which is meeting the needs of our emotional injuries. And we all have them, but now we can address them and begin our healing process, bi'idhnillah, only with Allah's help. Assalamu alaikum.